Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer, coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, and over 60 years of work experience. And still counting. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other and hopefully you, the listeners, save some money. Okay, Kramer. What are we talking about today? Well, as much as I want to be timeless with our podcasts, this is a timely one. We are talking today about procrastination. What? Yeah. And I didn't Dave prepare to... anything. <laughs> uh, and I'm guessing, Dave, you know me pretty well. Have you intuited why I want to talk about procrastination today on May 15th, 2020? I think I know why. I, I, the light bulb went off. Yes. I was just helping one of my children do that very thing. <laughs> yes. Instead of April 15th, like every other year, uh, this year, our taxes are due federal taxes and state taxes. I hope on uh, May 17th in Monday, right? Yeah. Right. So naturally, although we've had all the uh, materials from our employers and investments, et cetera, Got them, what, January, maybe February, first week of February for the latest one? I think they're due like to you on the end of January. I think they have to mail them at the end of January. So you certainly have them all by the first week in February. Uh, so I am working on them two days before they are due. And uh, Dave, when did you do yours? Well, I, I, I usually rough them out. So I have not submitted my taxes yet. So you're, you and I are like, okay. you and I are going to be the maybe last people in our families. I, I rough, I roughed them out in February. So I kind of just, I knew, but I owe, I owe quite a bit. So I'm just waiting to push. Uh, the button. Well, that's smart. That's one reason. Well, it's hard to say which is the cause and which is the effect, but typically being uh, inherently cheap, like I am, I've always tried to arrange it. So I paid every year, right? So we're not giving a tax-free loan right. to the government. Um, right. And so I that's, can bite you. I mean, you can pay a penalty. I've never had to pay a penalty, but I just helped my daughter do her taxes and she actually paid a small penalty because she gets some income that's not like on a, from an employer, if you will. Mm. I've paid penalties. It, it seemed, yeah. But then again, uh, the interest income you get on uh, uh, whatever your payment would be is minuscule in today's days. But yeah, so- I'm not sure which one is the cause, which is the uh, effect, because I like to procrastinate or I just do it. Yeah, I, I did. You know, one thing I thought to myself, normally I rough my taxes out and I finish them later, but sometimes I was thinking this year that creates extra work because I find myself, I caught myself a couple of times asking myself the same question, usually take some notes mm -hmm. about things that are need clarification. Um, and so I'm convinced it's probably good to do them like I do them because you get to mull things over a bit. Like, are you going to take an IRA deduction, et cetera, et cetera, right? But uh, it probably takes me more time to do it the way I do it. So I'm thinking next year I'm just going to do it one time. Wait. Yeah, sure. And if you were a serious procrastinator, I think I've only done this once, you can file automatically for an extension. Uh, but you have to you have pay to the pay taxes the on the 15th, right? Yeah. What's interesting, I did open up, uh, I use tax cut, H&R Block's tax cut. I opened up this morning for my return and there was an update to federal today. So I don't know what it was for. I didn't read the notes. I just, 
I did the update and I just looked at my numbers and did they change? No. So it didn't impact me for whatever, however, answered the questions, but there was some update from HR blocks. So that must've been something, some issue. And there's been a lot of updates with the, this year, there's been a lot of late updates. Normally you don't see updates past February or March. And there were some updates very late into the cycle where, where they were updating the program because the law was being clarified in some cases. Yeah. I don't think you're that behind. You got, you got all day Saturday, Sunday, and all day Monday if you need it. Plenty of time. Yeah, I'm in pretty good shape. I've been, I have been nibbling away at it. You know, I bought the software as soon as it was on sale at Costco. And um, I installed it months ago because I was looking for, I had to report last year's income on a form. Um, and, you know, I gathered all my paperwork and did the update a couple of days ago. So uh, I'm ready to go. I, it's only a couple hours work. Um, yeah, I think, and I, so, okay, listeners, that's how we're going to save money. We're doing our own taxes because we've talked about this before. So it's a huge savings. And I'm of the opinion that if you're an employee, like I'm an employee and Mr. Kramer, you're an employee, that your taxes are simple. And um, actually I helped my daughter with her taxes. Her taxes are more complicated than mine are. And she is a PhD student or soon to be graduated PhD student. Her actually are more complicated than mine. But um, listeners, please, 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 if you're an employee and don't have some kind of crazy side business going on, buy the software and do your own taxes. You'll save yourself 300 bucks. Yeah, but it is it is agonizing, Dave. I got uh, a K one this year from an investment that I didn't realize was a partnership, ah. publicly traded partnership, and so right. they report. It's not just gains and losses; they report partnership losses in this case, and I have to figure out where to put it. And they give you three pages of instructions with the K one, but the part that I'm looking for says consult your tax professional. So. <laughs> I had to figure out that it was on Schedule E and et cetera, et cetera. That's a good point. Uh, you know, like I said, my daughter's was a little more complicated than mine because mine's so straightforward. Just you, you get uh, what's the form you get? I can't think. It's the W two or W four. W two. W two. The, the W four is the withholding thing, I, and I can't remember that for some reason. So mine are like super easy. Um, she, she actually got an honorarium, like a minimal honorarium, which you're supposed to clear as income. It took us a long time to figure it out because in the program, you couldn't find the word honorarium. So we did some Google searches. Thank goodness for the power of the internet. My children don't realize how easy their life is with the internet. Um, Cause I'd be going to the post office looking for <laughs> the forms and going back and reading them all by hand. But um, yeah, I could see that. What does your tax program tell you to do? Okay. I, I understand this is a, problem of privilege, but I am filling out the tax forms for a trust. So uh, there are no tax programs for a trust and unless you're, you know, a professional. So I'm doing it gotcha. by hand and they're normally extremely simple. It's just dividend income and interest income. There's no deductions or anything like that, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, the, t the table is different and you have to actually fill out the things and mail them. There's no electronic option. So it's that's a wee bit harder. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So yeah, I mean, so that's a that's a good point. So um, I've never ha encountered that before. So your taxes are a little more complicated. And I've learned some things to helping my daughter with her taxes. I've learned some things helping my mom doing her taxes as well. But mine, are, I, I say are pretty darn easy. And I haven't paid for it in a while, but I have the impression that the going rate is somewhere between 300 and $600 to get someone to do a set of tax returns for you. You know, I don't, 
No, I've never paid someone to do my taxes, even back in the pencil and paper days, but I'm proud of that. <laughs> um, but I think it's 300 bucks, even for simple tax returns. Cause I think talking to like my sister yeah, and you know, she had a pretty simple tax return. I think she was getting charged like $300. So I think that's probably bare bones for really simple, no mess, no fuss. And I'm guessing something like your situation might be five or $600. Yeah, I, that's what I would think. It would be for both of them. So it's all ridiculous. So kudos, my, I'm tipping my cap to you. Kudos to you for doing it. Listeners, you can do it and save some money. I mean, if you're really concerned about it, go take it to a professional. But I think setting Mr. Kramer's things aside, if you're an employee and get a W-2 and have pretty, you don't own a bunch of homes or have a side business, I think you can do your own taxes. Just follow the prompts. It's really easy. Yes. And of course, our international listeners are confused because they don't do this in other countries. <laughs> they know how much money you owe them. They take it out of your paycheck and you have to correct them if they're wrong. And uh, yeah, or they use a value added tax like any sane person with any uh, interest in economics or fairness would use. Yeah. But sorry, I know I do this rant every yeah, year. Yes. Interesting. Oh, which tax program did you use? I'm using TurboTax. TurboTax. You like TurboTax. You've used them. Well, I, yes. I used to use a different one, Tax Cut, I think it was called. That's what I'm using. It's H&R Block Tax Cut. I, okay. I, I've used TurboTax probably the last 10 years a couple of times and Tax Cut eight times. I just get tax cuts because it's cheaper. I've used both. And they're, my opinion is they're a little different. It's the same law. Um, a lot of people really, really like TurboTax. It's just, I think tax cuts 20 bucks cheaper. So I get it that. There was a year when you couldn't get tax cut. They went really? out of business or something. That's my memory. And I had to switch to TurboTax. Interesting. Or I had an Apple computer or something. For, for some reason, it wasn't available for what I wanted to do. I was using it. Um, remember Quicken? You can still get Quicken, the, yeah. the personal finance program. I would get it every three years because you'd get Quicken and you'd get tax cut kind of in a combo right around black friday and it was just cheaper to get it and quicken lasts for three years after that it doesn't download the download your transactions for you so i'd get TurboTax every three years but i've not using quicken anymore so i just use tax cut mm. yeah i i didn't like that about quicken my my finances yeah. didn't get any more complicated but they insisted that i upgrade yeah a lot of people like i mean a lot of people like TurboTax. it's and I, so it's a fabulous program. I just use tax cut now for a bunch of years. I'm just used to it. It kind of feels the same. And like TurboTax, when I use it every third year, it seemed pretty, seemed pretty good, just a little bit different and things are in a little different spot. And I just wanted to lower the learning curve. Right. But that's not what we're here to talk about, Dave. We're here to talk about procrastination. So let's talk about procrastination. Yeah. So you and I come at this from different ends. I am a procrastinator. It's something I've, uh, I'll say, struggle with over the years and put a lot of thought into. There's a, a podcaster I like very much named Merlin Mann who's written about it. And probably some of my ideas are, or if not all of them are cribbed from him, but um, who knows? So I try and do a couple of things. Like, have you heard this concept of positive procrastination? I have not heard it. So the idea is to keep your sort of funnel full of things that you should be doing that you're not crazy about, but you like it better than say doing your taxes. So like a backlog of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you do your laundry and clean the house. And um, so at least you're doing something and you, it assuages the guilt. 
Um, I like that idea. Yeah. So you can line up some stuff and, and, and use it for your own good. Another thing I do, uh, have you ever heard of the Pomodoro method? P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O? No, I thought that was like some kind of pasta dish. It is. Well, there's uh, Pomodoro is Italian for tomato. And oh, this yes. is a visual, but there are little kitchen timers in <clears throat> Italy that are shaped like uh, red tomatoes. So the idea is roughly you use a, a, a kitchen timer and set it for 25 minutes. And whatever it is you have to work on, you work on it for 25 minutes and then take a break and have an espresso or take a walk for five minutes. And after three or four of those, you take a big break and maybe eat a meal. So I like that. So you break it down to smaller bits. Yes. Because the hard part is getting started a lot of the time. And once you get going, you start being productive and, and you can keep going. Um, and, it, and it's a way to think about it. If you get in a habit of it, you can start thinking of things like, oh, that's probably four Pomodoros for me to get that done. And uh, there are, you know, Google it. You can find the, the original author of it. Uh, it it's a registered trademark. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are um, smartphone apps you can get that do it. Um, but part of the thought is the physical turning of it engages you and listening yeah. to the clicking tick 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 helps you stay on focus hmm. um and it, and it lets you do things like not answer your phone for 25 minutes right because if you're working on something you don't want somebody walking by like oh there's bobby i needed to ask him about our project that's due in 2027 right so if you've got the tick the the timer going you you put that off for 20 minutes and you get something done you know focus on something it's interesting. I like that. I mean, I, I appreciate you thinking I'm like the most organized guy. There's a lot of I'm pretty organized, but there's stuff that I put off, you know, it's always like a priority. So there's stuff like, I don't want to paint the back wall and it's been that way for a year and a half, but I kind of look at it as there, what's the worst thing that's going to happen. It's nothing. Cause it's not leading to any other problem, but I did fix the fridge because the food wouldn't go bad if I didn't fix the fridge. Right. Yeah. That kind of stuff is very motivating. Um, what gets hard with being a procrastinator is sometimes you get these wonderful rewards like, Oh, I should be getting started on this project because it's a lot of paperwork and I have to get it all organized. And then your boss comes says, Oh yeah, we didn't get that. Uh, they, they fired us. So we're going to, you're like, Oh, well, I'm glad I didn't open all the files because that, and uh, then you feel good about (laughs) being late. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's an interesting concept. One of the things I was thinking about, you'd mentioned procrastination in text this morning was, I think it helps creativity sometimes. So mm-hmm. like, I'm a pretty organized person. I will say that my daughter makes me look like an unorganized person because she'll start things like way ahead of time. Like, what? I'm thinking to myself, why are you even doing that? Procrastination, I think sometimes builds a little bit of stress, which I think helps with creativity. So I think, especially when you have to be creative, like you're maybe writing a paper for school or you're having to do something for maybe work where you have to do um you're making a request for proposal and want to be creative about how you address it i think waiting sometimes builds a little bit of stress which helps my creativity yeah and one of the theories uh of what the cause of procrastination is uh, some people suffer from perfectionism so if you work right up to the last minute particularly if you're writing something say right something creative you can edit and edit to try and get it perfect. And you say like, Oh, you know, if I'd spent a month on that, I could have done a better job, but it looks great for something I did in four hours between 1am and 5am. 
<laughs> gotcha. I yes, I I see people where I think they do that because it, uh, time time limits them, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for good or bad, but something you should recognize as a possibility if you are suffering from procrastination. Um, yeah. And I think there's certain things I just do not like to do around the house, even though if they're not super hard, for some reason, it's a mental block on them. And I, your idea about breaking it, breaking it down into components, I think helps too. like step one, step two, step three, and the steps are five, 10 minutes long. It helps like get your head wrapped around it. Yeah. And if you can just think about the idea of um, advancing the ball a little bit, right? Like, you know, I don't feel like doing the laundry, but I'm standing right next to the hamper. I will carry it downstairs. <laughs> For some reason, I find those kind of jobs, like those recurring kind of jobs, soothing because yeah. they're not hard. So those don't bother me. Or some people have a hard time with them. I, I struggle with like the kind of medium term jobs. Like I got to go out and fix the car because the coolant is leaking from the drain plug washer. So I've got to take the drain plug off. But before I can do that, I've got to take off the 12 bolts that hold a darn piece of plastic underneath the car after i've jacked it up you know it's like mentally it's just hard to get going on for me on something like that yeah things that you do every day become habits and so you can just sort of turn it off so nobody complains about brushing their teeth yeah think of a number of hours you put into brushing your teeth it's the stuff you do once a year or once a month that can be really challenging it's just why like christmas can be stressful if you did it every week, you'd be good at buying presents and wrapping presents. But otherwise, you're like, I, I know I bought five rolls of uh, of uh, scotch tape. Where the hell are they? <laughs> and you end up making multiple trips to the store. So yeah, things you don't like, if you can make them a habit, that that's good. And uh, you know, like I don't particularly like exercising, but I walk the dog every day because the dog needs exercise, right? You care about the dog. Yeah. I, and those things, I commingle those things myself. I tell my dog, it's my walk, not his walk. <laughs> I tell him to get going. I'm tired of sniffing. It's my walk, buddy. Yeah, which is why I love the idea of riding your bicycle to work. So the time you're wasting commuting can be the time you're wasting exercising. Um, yeah. It's hard to find a job that you can safely bicycle to. That is true. If you live close, you do it, but couldn't do it. My, well, I mean, I could do it my current job, but I'm not going to do it way, way too much time. It'd take like an hour and a half to get there. Think how fit you'd be. You'd live forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing uh, you can do is, uh, oh, I think this one came from, um, uh, oh, what's her name? The one who does the happier project. Um, it'll come to me in a second. The organizing lady. Yeah, that if something it's, takes less than two minutes, just do it, right? You get an email and like, oh, I don't want to do that, but it's less than two minutes, just do it. Um, one thing I try and do is if I ever get an urge whatsoever to organize or clean things, to just stop what I'm doing and do it, right? Like mm. if you walk into your office in the morning and say, that desk looks messy, I'm going to clean it and tip I got from my friend Emil Fry, I think you met him, was when he'd clean his desk, he would get uh, spray cleaner and paper towels and literally clean the desk. So to do that, you have to get every single piece of paper off your desk. And some of it goes back on. But if you're like us, you throw a lot of it away, right? And the world right. gets better. Yeah, I 
think for me, I have a little thing that I tell myself is to do it now. So whatever it is, just do it now and don't set it aside. Because people that I see have a hard, I mean, I'm a pretty organized guy, like you said, but there's things that I procrastinate on that have been on my funnel of to-do list for months and months and months. And they're generally things that don't create a bigger problem, right? So if there's no oil in your car, you need to put engine oil on your car right now because that creates a bigger problem, right? But the back wall is my classic procrastination has been that way for a couple of years now. And so it's not going to hurt anything. It's just a, it's just a visual thing. But so do it now. People that I, I find have a hard time getting going with things is like, do it now. Like don't put that can of soda that you just finished on the table, go throw it in the trash like now. So it doesn't create this sense of um, uh, problems that are insurmountable. Like you said, desk is dirty, clean it now, right? Right, like the the broken window thing. I think Judy Ru- Rudy Giuliani was a big fan of, right? If you if you leave a broken window in a neighborhood, somebody's going to come along and break all the other windows. If you immediately fix it, so people do that. Yeah. Painting. So I try to do that with a lot of things. So I don't get overwhelmed by little things that add up. I'm pretty good with, uh, like I said, I'm pretty good with the little stuff. It's the medium sized stuff, like I said, like fixing the car. I got to do that, so I'll probably do it tomorrow. Yeah. And the good news is a lot of this stuff that is a pain in the butt gets easier. The DMV gets easier to work with. They have remote offices and, you know, you can go online and pay an extra $3 and just give them a credit card and they mail it to you, all that stuff. Um, they're taking advantage of that. I don't even notice that, but they're sending out in this state, they'll send out the renewal on your uh, car registration six, eight months before it's due. Oh, really? Trick you into pulling cash flow early, eh? Exactly. But then you don't get a reminder until it's a month late, and then you're driving around without it. (laughs) Expired plates. (laughs) Yeah. And then once, you know, when you only own one car or two cars, you can keep it in your head. But then if you're helping out your whole family, you're like, I I just did this. Like, (laughs) no, I did it for the other car. Yeah, that's uh, true. I got one of those coming up at the end of May. So the one at the end of May has to go on for emissions test, which is every other year. Would you, you guys in California have to do emissions tests? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, year? I can't figure out the schedule. On the new cars, it's pretty rare. Um, like, I think you wait five years before the first one now. Oh, wow. In Something Arizona, like it's every other year. Um, so, yeah. Has I've your, got one that's coming up for test. Does your Nissan Leaf fail? <laughs> Interesting enough, uh, the state of Arizona was very forward thinking there. And they don't require an emissions test for it. So it was pretty cool. I thought they're going to require you to show up, but um, it was pretty cool. You don't have to show up and they, they give it to you for five years. So the, I got my first sticker for five years and it was really cheap. It was like 20 bucks, which is for Arizona. You pay your sticker for your tag as a function of the cost of the car. It's like, in, like a $25,000 car would be about a $500 or $525 sticker, right? It was 20 bucks for five years. It was a smoking deal buy an electric car in Arizona to save money. Yeah. I, the late fee for registering that the used SUV I bought for my boys to drive, I believe the late fee was more than the registration fee. It was over. Whoa. Bucks. Holy yeah. cow. But your guys' registration fee, is it, is, a per, is it a percentage of the cost of the car? Yes. This was based on car value. Yeah. It was interesting when I came to Arizona, I've never lived in a state until Arizona that charged fees like that. A, a number of states, as you probably know, because you moved around a lot, will just charge like a, a flat, relatively modest fee. Like I think in Ohio, it was like 35 bucks for a sticker for the year, but they got money in, you know, elsewhere. So when I first came to Arizona, it was a shock. It was like, what? My license plate tag is $500. <laughs> yeah. 
kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, luckily, it goes down every year because it's just a function of the cost of the vehicle. But when you buy a new car, it's a shock when you see that first sticker, that first tax for the year for the car. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And you go to buy a, a new car and, you know, which is tens of thousands of dollars. And in California, the sales tax is almost 10%. Mm-hmm. And the tax and tags are another several hundred dollars. It's a, of course, you're financing it over a certain number of years, but it's a, it's expensive buying a car. Yeah, cars are cars are expensive. That's for sure. Huh? Interesting. So another tip to listeners is if for that, I'll put like that's the t- car tag stuff in my. Um, I, ha- I use Microsoft Outlook, but you could use Google Mail or whatever. Just put a recurring reminder in there. And our, our DMV will send you a note. You can sign up when you go. What's kind of cool is they will send you an email reminder because you have to tell them, say, do you want to be reminded? And they'll send you a reminder like a few weeks ahead of time because if it were just a fee, it'd be no problem. You could do it that night. But in this case, you got to take the car in for testing, which is right. only takes like 10 or 15 minutes if you time it at the right time of day. Yeah, here you have to make an appointment. It costs, I want to say 50 bucks generally to get the... Oh, wow. Um, That's expensive. I think yeah. here it's like 17 or $25 and it's all independent shops do it here. Interesting. Here we take them to um, like state, state run facilities. I'm really lucky where I've got one like within three miles and you can, um, they actually have all the stations on webcam. So you can look on the webcam to see how busy they are. So I'll wait like Saturday afternoons about this time. It's a really good time to go. Cause sometimes there's no wait. Hmm. Yeah. I, I signed up for the DMV text alerts after making this mistake and went through the process and gave them my social security number and my blood type or whatever it was. And then they said, great, you have no vehicles uh, on this account. What vehicles do you want to add? Like all the ones that have my name on it, you're sending me (laughs) fines. You found me for that. You can't tell me which vehicles it is. (laughs) Uh, But some dude took a new credit card out in your name though, right? (laughs) Since you got your, your social, that, you got to be careful. <laughs> Some guy Let's named Newsom's taking a credit card out of my name and charging a bunch of stuff up. Uh, well, I'll be looking forward to you getting all this stuff straightened out, Dave. Now that you're a, a consultant to the DMVs. And oh yeah, I'm on top of that. The world. You know that. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else? What else are we not talking about? Procrastinating wise. Oh, we got taxes coming up. That's a pretty big thing, right? Yeah. Um, no, but I, I'll get that done. Um, You're way ahead of us. This is like Saturday. It's Monday. Something to start procrastinating uh, around the time you're 45 is when you're going to get your uh, um, colonoscopy that they tell you. First one. When you're 50. Did you do that? I've not done it yet. You should do it. I did I did mine when I was I think 52 two so or maybe maybe it was 54 it's coming up here in a few years it wasn't as i heard all these horror stories i didn't find it that bad frankly but if i put it off long enough i'm convinced they'll change the guidance and i won't have to do it gotcha well maybe maybe come up with a better test because there's that test you see advertised on tv which is basically you take a fecal sample and you send it away maybe that'll get good enough to where it'll be good enough for everybody yeah my last doctor it was smarter than me. He just sent me one of those in the mail and I never got around to doing it. Finally threw it away. But with my new doctor, I said, okay, let's admit it. I'm 56. I'm not going to do this. 
can I sign up for the cold guard? He said, sure. Here, you got to fill out this form because they have to fax the form in after he signs it. F-A-X, mm. fax. Like, gotcha. you got to fax it to hey, 1989. The, 19, the 1980s called, <laughs> they want their fax machine back. That's what I would tell Bank of America when they want to fax something to them. <laughs> Uh, I'm old enough to remember when the fax machine was cutting edge, cutting edge technology back in the 1980s. I remember talking to a vendor and he said, I don't have a fax machine. And I said, go buy one and hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But listeners get the colonoscopy. It's good for you. Usually, I think it's usually a lot of health plans, it's free or very low cost because it's pre- considered preventative care, I think. Yeah. And this, I'm not qualified to talk about this, and this might just be a rumor, but pretty frequently when you get a colonoscopy, they say, oh, we saw something suspicious. So while we were there, we burned it off or froze it off, whatever they do. And then it's, instead of being a wellness care, 100% covered, it is a procedure Hmm. and they get paid more money for it. Interesting. So Hmm. Dave, you're an economist at heart incentives are what they are and i don't need yeah. people burning parts of my guts just to make 150 bucks i got you but I, I suppose it's good for them to do that i i guess based on modern technology today that's what they're supposed to do but you should go get a colonoscopy it's not that i didn't find it that bad frankly i've heard horror stories about it the prep is bad but I, you're out for the thing i don't know i didn't find it that bad. i'll get but, right on that Look, you have to take, it takes a whole day. Somebody has to drive you. You're under general anesthesia. People die from general anesthesia, Dave. I mean, there is a, there is a, yes, you could die. You could also have your colon ruptured, which is a really bad thing too. So there are downsides, but it's pretty low probability. So if, if you prescribe the alternative is colon cancer, which is 20 years, I think colon cancer is the biggest killer in America of people that would be our age. Right. I think that's the downside, right? Well, it's probably COVID now, but yeah, I hear you. I think once you have colon cancer, I think things are bad once you have it, right? Maybe not as bad as having lung cancer, but I think it's in that, not quite as bad as lung cancer, but I think it's it's not an easy cancer to cure. My wife got on me because she said I had a family history of colon cancer. And I said, no, I don't. She said, yeah, your your great aunt died of it. I said, yeah, she died of it from 96. I think she's was smoking when she died. And so like, your, your uncle did too. I'm like, yeah, he was married to my dad's sister. I don't have any of his blood in me. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Listeners don't listen to, don't listen to my do friend. Not go get your, go take, get your colon test. Do not colon take test. It's medical advice from clowns on the internet. <laughs> Write that one down. <laughs> I encourage it. It was awesome. <laughs> you don't even get it a lollipop awesome. anymore. In fact, you should do your taxes and then have your colonoscopy. <laughs> that sounds like a growth business. Yeah, colonoscopy like a one, and two, tax colonos- Taxes Monday, colonoscopy Tuesday. That would Nothing would get better than that. Uh, yeah. Probably shouldn't talk about this stuff, Dave. We're going to get big tax preparations going to come snuff us out. We're going to send some of those tax ninjas. <laughs> the TurboTax H&R Block Hit Squad. Or, or no, not, the, not those guys. It's the individual preparers, right? It's a powerful lobby. Billions of dollars. Not Do it yourself. Value. It's not that hard, but a lot of people are afraid of it. I mean, it's just, it's just not that hard. Yeah. Save anyway. yourself a bunch of money. Then you know what the incentive is. People need an incentive. So do your own taxes. 
and then go do spend some money on yourself. So if it's going to be $300, go spend 150 bucks on yourself, like go out to a nice dinner or buy yourself a gift or something like that. Make it worth your while. There you go. And you're still saving 150 bucks, maybe right. 300 bucks if you have complicated taxes. So the danger of uh, me doing a podcast on procrastination while I'm avoiding doing something is this episode could go four, five, six hours. So we should probably wrap this up. Right, right on. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, well thanks for your next time, time, Dave. This was definitely more fun than doing my taxes, more fun than doing most things. So <laughs> thank you for you, your time. And you put it off now for another hour. <laughs> All right. Good luck. All right. Take care. Thank you.